Okay. You're in. How you doing? Okay. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Ross. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. We've got one of the leaders of the new school of R&B out here. Uh, <laughs> we're very excited to have you as a guest today. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm Omar, and this is uh, the host of Halftime Chat, uh, Namdi. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, good good job, man. yeah. Where, where are you based, Kevin? I'm based in uh, Philly right now. I'm originally from Washington, D.C., so, you know, uh, not too far from home. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, I think one of the things that we've, um, I, th I think a lot of, a lot of people have been really impressed by um, when the Can We Talk Challenge came up, we started to see people that we hadn't really gone to know. You know, most of us who were born of a certain generation are very much affiliated to our 90s R&B acts and stuff. And so that gave us a chance to start seeing people like yourselves, um, Avery Wilson and others. And, and so, and, but what we didn't realize is that actually you've been recording music and you have stuff out and stuff. So it would be really good for the audience to get to know you, the person, and then, you know, we talk your music and, 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 and pretty much get an understanding for artists such as yourselves. It's a lot different than when we were growing, when we used to buy CDs and, and, and watch our artists on video. So how yeah. we expect artists like you to make money and succeed in today's market stuff. But no, um, yeah, so, but we'll always go to the beginning. So you said you were um, born and raised in DC, moved to mm -hmm. Philly. Just out of curiosity, I mean, how did you get into music as a kid? Um, honestly, my whole dad's side of the family, they sing or play instruments. So, you know, that that was a really big, like, intro into it. And you kind of had to, like, you know, get through them in order to, you know what I mean, before getting into the public. And so, uh, you know, that was a really, really great experience. And then... um. I went to art school out in D.C. Uh, shout out to Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And then from there, I graduated from there and went to Berkeley College of Music, out, uh, Boston, Mass. And um, after that, I went down to Atlanta and I wanted to become a writer. And so, you know, I knew that I could sing, but I wanted to do something that could be an extension of myself. I knew that, like, you know, singing, just singing wasn't going to be able to pay the bills. And so, uh, you know, I wanted to try my hand at writing and I've been writing, you know, songs for a couple of years in college or whatever. So I tried my hand at it, um, met my mentor, Troy Taylor, and he really kind of cultivated, uh, you know, my pen game. And so uh, I want to say a year, a year after I moved down to Atlanta, I got my first placement with Jamie Foxx and then uh then, then we started from there. So okay. was that 2011, like 2011 is when like my entry into the music business kind of happened. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been listening to your, your voice for days. You got a dope voice. Thank so you. my whole thing is I want to kind of go back because you were put me in the mind of like a Frankie Beverly oh, wow. or, you know, Prince, uh, Marvin Gaye. You've got so many different blends and inspirations in there. I'm just curious at what point, even though you come from a musical family, at what point did you know, I have a, you know, you have a golden voice, like you have yeah. something special. It's one thing to be able to just carry a note, but you have a very um, unique gift. 
So can you tell me what age you realize, oh, you know, I'm a little different from everybody though, you know, not your family, just in general, <laughs> people in general. <laughs> I, I think that, um, you know what the crazy thing is? I don't, I don't know what it's like, you know what I mean, for other people, but you know how like you get a notion or you get a tap, whether it's spiritually, whatever you believe, right? But there's this notion within your spirit or your inner self. And it's like, you're different or yeah. something is something is special about you and right you, and you 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 hold on to that you know from a very young age it kind of hit me at 13 14 years old when that thing kind of tapped me it was just like tapped you yeah you're special now here's the thing here's a catch when you get the tap you're not at the place where you are truly special and the world may um the world doesn't know that, right? And even no, if right, you have right. an opportunity to be in front of the world, they'll deny you because of the fact that you're not ready, right? right but right. It, was, it was a seed that was planted inside of me to say, okay, I'm not where I want to be. My voice is not where I want to be. At 13, 14 years old, very underdeveloped, and just, a, just a lot of stuff <laughs> going on, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but it was, it was my willingness and the work ethic when, once that seed was sown, like I was very, very diligent to like, take care of it, to like really water it and plant it and, and, you right. know, grow and allow for it to mature, um, after a while. And that took, I mean, it took years, man. So I appreciate you, saying, you know, a golden voice, but truthfully, um, you know, any, anything in, in how people view me it is nothing but God's doing. Because right. I'm from the Genesis <laughs> to now, you know what I mean? Like, I was not a prodigy in any way. So it wasn't right, like right. I was I came out the womb killing. So everything that well, I have is, you know, from work. Yeah. Coming from a musical family, because um, I do too, did you yeah. feel um, any, I don't want to say... Uh, insecurity or anything or like you know everyone's a singer in the family or involved mm -hmm. in music did you feel pressure to be as good or to make it or was it you know a competition in the family for that attention or you know did everybody just kind of play their part because I don't know in what function were you all involved in music so just I curious was, I was very I was a very introverted kid in a sense okay I was very very shy and so, you know, with being so shy, you know, the only people that would hear me sing around the house is my mom and my dad, and hooping and hollering. <laughs> and the only thing that I wanted to do when I was younger was make my dad proud. You know what I mean? And so, you know, once he kind of gave me his thumbs up, and, and his thumbs up is very different because his thumbs up is throwing your ass out the frying pan and into the fire. And so uh, oh. I felt like I was... A strong enough vocally, he would then put me on to gigs. So if he's singing wow. at a wedding, I have to sing a song. If wow, you know that's I mean? pressure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it really allowed for me to like tame my nerves because it was like, okay, my dad thinks that I can hold hold this song together you know what i'm saying uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, i mean you know and and my father just his control and his ability you know i was just like i don't even know why i'm up here <laughs> 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 but um 
you know, I think that that was the thing where that was his, that was his thumbs up instead of being like, son, you can sing, you know, he, instead of him saying it, he did it with his actions and I will forever love him. Yeah. But, yeah. But at that young age though, what is, what is the out, what is the long term? I mean, I, I mean, from, I mean, growing up watching Tevin Campbell and, and watching, um, who else was there that I can remember, um, but you know, Shanice, um, Tracy Spencer. There's been a lot of yeah. Brandy. But I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about the, from the boys' side, though. I mean, apart oh, from the, boys the boys, the boys themselves. I mean, Usher. Yeah, yeah, yeah Usher. Yeah, Re 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 Return of the Mac. Was it Remember the Mac? I can't remember what it was. But no, that was. But is it the Mac? But, call me a Mac. <laughs> but <laughs> at 13, are you? Who are you looking at and thinking? Okay, you know, because you won't be looking at. I don't <laughs> think of. Yeah, I was going to, uh, I don't know. You're not going to look at Aaron Hall and think, okay, I can be like that because at 13, you might yeah. be looking at someone like your age and thinking, okay, I could be like this. Well, when I was 13, I'm trying to think of who was my age. At 13, this is a couple of years before Chris Brown actually comes out. Okay. So there wasn't, there was a huge gap in between. So everybody, when I was 13, was far older. So we're talking you know b2k yeah we, yeah we're talking b2k we're talking usher immature, um, okay you know what i mean like usher confessions-esque um but not really um alicia keys john legend Rose, uh, those are, that's the realm you know um music soul child you know low right. of music soul child kind of stuff so you know those were the people that i was looking at so these are grown-ass okay. folks you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. But, but, <laughs> but even younger than that, you know, I mean, Tevin, Cam Tevin Campbell was always kind of like the bar. It was Tevin and Michael Jackson in the sense that, like, even though Can We Talk was years, you know, years uh, prior to that, it was yeah. still right. a big, it was still a big record. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, you know, I was still around where, like, yeah, like, you had CD. So, like, my mom had the CD. <laughs> She loved the record, so I'm singing along with it. And at that time, because my voice hadn't changed, I can hit all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the goal was just to try to somewhat match Tevin. Tevin, just just a just right, a, right, right. I can if I can sound decent enough to like blend in on certain parts. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we we in there. Um, <laughs> and then of course, you know, adolescent Michael Jackson is you know right. Yeah, he was crazy. He was a beast at a child. Yeah, ethereal, like in the sense where it's just like there's I don't think there's any other child singer that had yeah. that level of that it, yeah. vocal ability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think those two when I was, you know, younger, you know, that nine, ten range was, you know, me singing around the house because what Usher came out with uh, my way and his voice was so deep it was too deep for me so I couldn't sing mm. anything I would always have right. to either like sing it an octave up so those were the two singers when I was younger that I could you know try to match and then the older I got you know then Usher and Chris and all of those guys but were you contemplating that that's the career that you were going to go to or was it just enjoying the singing it was really just enjoyment. I, I, I didn't, you know, yeah, when I was younger, I didn't think that I was going to like go into the music business and like land this record deal. It was more so of a thing of like, it was just kind of a, 
you know, outside of my family, it was a secret thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And of course, like, you know, of course, like the engagements that my dad would take me on, but I, I didn't know anybody and nobody from school knew that I sang. So like, even like people that reach out to me, you know, over the past couple of years and they're just like, yo, I didn't even know you sang. Like, I didn't even know you like, <laughs> like, wow. like what? You know, so there, I mean, a lot of people that I went to school with grade school, middle school, you know, were very baffled at the fact that it's like, yo, like you're an artist, like you're a singer, you know, so it trips That is out. very interesting. <laughs> like with a voice like yours, you would think you would just be singing all the time, singing to the bus stop to, you know, singing, you know, around the school, you know, you, you know. Okay, I was, it was, I a was afraid of, I was afraid of judgment. You know what judgment. I mean? I was, okay. You know, you know, you know how it is as kids, like, Either, either they going to like you for, you know, for what you do or they going to ridicule you for what you do if you're not <laughs> good. And I just wasn't, I wasn't secure, you know, in that way to feel like I could offer my gifts, you know what I mean, to, to my classmates without feeling like they would make fun of me. So that's just a, that was just a real, you know, thing for me growing up. Well, I want to fast forward to when you had us going through it, going through it. <laughs> With, with Jaws on 106 and Park. Can we talk about that? Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> that was incredible. And you kind of had like, I, I, I see you because you came out with the guitar. Everybody else had the choreographed dance steps and all that stuff. When they did the competition, you yeah. came out with the guitar. Mm -hmm. You just had a whole different vibe. You was like, oh, this, look at this, this talent. I ain't got to dance. I ain't got to. So tell us about that. How did that happen? Because um, I do remember that. Oh, wow. <laughs> that performance. Yes. You, man, you took me back. Um, <laughs> shout out to Bobby. I'm going Dad. through it. I'm going through it. Going through it. Okay. I can't sing it, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> dope. Yeah, I like that song. History, bro. Like, yeah. So <laughs> my my uh my guy, man, Bobby Daniels, he hit me up, and I was about mm. 18, 19 at the time. And he's like, yo, you gotta do 106 apart. You are of age now, mm. you gotta do Wild Out Wednesday. And I was just like, nah, because it's a Chris <laughs> Brown Neo era. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. dance, and I'm like, I'm not a dancer. I'm a groover, but I'm not a dancer. I'm not going to be up uh -huh. there with like three other people dancing. So, <laughs> like, yo, I don't think they're going to really rock with me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm at Berkeley uh -huh. at the time, so I'm just like, I don't fit in nowhere. Let's just be very clear about that. So it's not like oh, okay. I don't fit in at Berkeley because I'm not a hardcore jazz cat, and I'm not a gospel guy either, right? So either right. you were jazz you gospel. Or gospel. Right. RB. <laughs> nah. Right. Right. So right. Right. Don't fit in at Berkeley at the at the time. Don't fit in at Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm under the belief that I'm like, yo, popular culture is all about dance. I damn sure probably won't fit in there. He's like, yo, let's just go to New York since you're in Boston. Take the bus down and just let's just see. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. take the bus down, meet him out there, and we do the auditions. And, uh, <laughs> and so you did it with a track and they like, all right, cool. Like, you know, thank you. We appreciate it. And, um, <laughs> you know, we'll, you know, we'll get back to you, but, you know, I, I think we can fit you onto the show. So I'm like, all right, bet. So a couple months go by and they're like, yo, you got a slot. So I go down. No, I'm sorry. Before that, um, 
I'm like, yo, I'm going to do an acoustic version of the song that I wrote a couple of months ago called Withdrawal. So they're like, yo, this song is, no, it wasn't Withdrawal. It was, um, it was another song that I did for the first one. And I'm Get like, wrong. yo, no, no, no. It was uh, called Adore You, right? Oh, okay. And so, so they're like, yo, like, I don't think you should do an acoustic. Like, you should do a track because that's what people are going to hear on MySpace. <laughs> right? That's so, MySpace. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't. I don't know, man. I'm gonna just go ahead and stick to my guns and and, and do the acoustic. So I get up there, it's me, uh, and and my guy that plays guitar, his name is Josh Connolly. So we go up to New York and I meet the two other contestants with their background dancers, <laughs> and we got the whole entourage. And so uh -huh. when I get to the door, they immediately start laughing. Like immediately laughing. Like, yeah, they laugh. Like they literally laugh. That's unprofessional. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I remember it was like, yo, when I was that might have been an intimidation tactic though. Maybe they're trying to intimidate you, make you feel insecure. The fact that I just didn't fit in, right? Like oh, like, okay. Kind of dancers, like you don't even look the part. Like you ain't even got the you ain't got the S curl. Oh yeah, because that was an era of the Chris Brown and the yeah, like, kind of dance and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you know, whether it was like them laughing out loud at me or whether it was like, you could, you know, you could feel when someone is like, when like a group of people are looking at you and just kind of snickering and just saying like, yeah, yeah. Slick ah. stuff, right? <laughs> so right, right. I knew that I was like, I'm not a favorite amongst my peers right here. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm here, you know what I mean? And I knew like God had told me like, yo, your life after this moment, your life changes. Right. So I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'm here for it. And I'm here. So I'm automatically thinking, all right, Kev, listen, we're going to give it a valiant effort. Hey, I, you know, I, I made it on television, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose. I'm pretty sure I'm going to uh, lose because, yeah. because of what the peers did to me. So I'm like, if my peers are feeling that way, then I can only imagine the crowd. So I'm like, all right, well, let's just let's just go and do it, right? Like, let's mm -hmm. you know, so sing, do that whole thing, and you know the results are coming in as far as the numbers and the percentages, and so they like, and Kevin Ross wins, and I'm like, what? This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> you downplayed it because it was actually instant. It was instant. Like people, I see. I remember the audience screaming, the girls like, ah, I, it was instant. You knew, you knew, but that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, I love that story. That's that's so that's so dope. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so another question I wanted to ask is, can you tell us about your first um single? What was that like? Like when you had your first single released? Um. How was that? What was that experience? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Uh I mean, it just it it depends on what it depends on what people think my first single is right yeah because like, was what withdrawals released as a single nah, none of them none oh. of them because remember that's okay. my space day so that's like i didn't even have that a don't deal. count i didn't have a deal until years later so technically right right you want to be technical my first single was long song away and that was right i do remember that a long time ago you know what i mean like, <laughs> and it's you know it took a long time from you know the story that we just talked about to there because here's what happened what god was trying to show me with 106 and park was is that there's power in your truth 
right and change, uh -huh. change with trend so no matter if it's dancing no matter if no matter whatever people are doing you stay true to what was put inside of you mm -hmm. and that different or that uniqueness can very well be the thing that shifts things for other people or give people right. better, you know give people hope or you know spawn off a whole bunch of creative stuff so i lost that i lost that between the years of 2012 to 2016. I, mm. now, let's be very clear about this, was making money. <laughs> 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 was landing placements, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. But I, yeah, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to skip over your songwriter. No, 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 no. I just no, thought no. that the withdrawals was actually a single. That's why I, was, I thought that was like around the time you were trying to actually be an artist. So my nah. bad. It was, it was all, all that was for play play. It was all, it was oh, all, okay. okay. Um, you know, until, you know, later on, but honestly, um, I lost, I lost sight of that, you, you know what I mean? It. Like in a sense of just like my truth, um, my uniqueness, um, really sticking to my musicianship and because it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't cool. I remember getting signed and they were like, Hey, so can we not talk about you going to college? Cause that may not be something that people can relate to relate like, to yeah it happened to me so i mean it's a part uh -huh. of my life but we can we can keep it out whatever you know what i mean so it was certain things that they were you know slowly trying to strip away from me to try to make me as relatable as possible when right. my story and who i am and the music that i like made me unique um and right. so you know when you're fighting with the powers that be that signed you and you've cultivated a sound, and then they're like, that sounds cool, but we're gonna put you on to some new stuff. Huh. And what ended up happening was, you know, God made that time period in a sense to say, Kevin, they don't know what they're talking about. And you aren't confident in you yet. You don't know who you are yet. Um, so this is gonna take a while because I have to now do divine intervention right divine intervention is something where like god has a blessing for for me but he has to he has to move through 10 other people right it's 10 other lives that he has to work through and move through in order for divine intervention to happen and so it took four years <laughs> yeah, yeah you know for that to happen to say you know, um, Long Song Away was written and produced by me. So God kind of kept that to say, don't let them do nothing with this. And even though they're going to make you do all these songs and work with all these people, and it's all great and it's all good, but this is this is what yeah, I have to give you. This is, right. this is, this is my... Um, That's that aside for you. Yeah, this is my promise. And mm -hmm. even though the people around you don't understand that promise yet, we're going to hold on to it because it's, it can't be thrown away or discarded. Not this, right? So he, he put it on to the side. I forgot about it. You know what I mean? And I just uh -huh. kept working. And then eventually I get a call and they're like, yo, like, you know, either we're going to keep working on music to, to get you this popular, cool song or long song away and i was like long song away i was like go down away <laughs> and it was so far removed from me that i didn't know what god was doing and i was just like i just at that point all my mind was thinking about is i just need to be released 
I need to, I need to put out something because this is driving me crazy. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was too much stop and go. The Glade commercial thing and all this stuff. And right. Tor, Max and Neo. And I'm like, yo, when am I coming out? If Long Song Away is my ticket, I'll work my way out. Whatever. Like, let's go. So put out Long Song Away. It goes number one. And then that's when God is like, he taps me again. He's like, remember what I told you as far as like, <laughs> like, truth don't change with trend and be you he's like you know you wrote and produced that right and i was like oh my gosh i went through a whole radio uh radio run of of weeks and months and i had i had not opened up my mouth to be like i wrote and produced it because literally it didn't hit me until god was like yo like this is this is your path and mm. and he made it so like every trend that happened in the sense that it was like all of the songs that really resonated with people were song, except for I think maybe like Don't Go, right? Outside yeah. of that, a lot of those songs were written and produced or, you know, by me. And so I was like, this is, what are you trying to tell me? It's like, uh -huh. you're, more, you're, you're more valuable than what you give yourself. And the work that I put in you is, is, a, lot, is a lot more profound. But he's like, do me a favor. He's like, I need for you to tell everybody else that too. It's not just a right. thing. It's a thing to say that each and every person that you encounter is just as important because I took the time to make them as well. So if you've battled with that, then maybe you can help somebody else by spreading that, by saying you're necessary, you're valuable, be great, whatever that is. So... Going back to your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Keep on. This is inspirational. We need to hear this. <laughs> All Song Away was my first single, and it was nothing but God that that uh -huh. uh, made that happen. I, I, we can't, I can't say the label. I can't even say myself. It was something uh -huh. that was really designed, you know, divine. Uh -huh. I mean, I think one of the things that that that, that catches me is especially because I left the U.S. in '02, so a, a lot of the R&B started getting overshadowed by hip hop. So mm -hmm. when I moved to the U.K., we weren't getting much R&B apart from legacy artists, you know, yeah. um, um, maybe a few Maxwells and Beyonce and, and stuff like that. So when you would being signed, what was the expectations? And so uh, from the label, were we, you know, they're trying to go platinum or they just trying to, because as I said, R&B was losing its mm -hmm. reach on TV, um, mm -hmm. with shows and even on the radio. So what was the label's expectation as to what we can, what would count as success? They, I mean, they didn't know what to do with me. I think that because huh. they seen a lot of potential in me to say he could be Neo, he could be... <laughs> This guy, he could be that guy. He writes for uh -huh. this guy. He gave Trey a number one. How come he can't write himself a number one? And I was like, well, mm. perspective is everything. And certain things that come out of my mouth and come out of his mouth, you know what I mean? It's all about what is believable, right? So for, for me... But that's got to be scary, though, to be in a situation where they don't know what to do with you. You just... <laughs> You know, you're just kind of like in a limbo, like you don't know how to market me. You don't know in this climate how what to do with me and as, as an artist. 
Why but they'll, they'll, they'll never, but they'll never say, you know, they didn't say that. They didn't, yeah, they didn't say it. Don't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, they, listen, you know, the, the music industry is, is always infamous and they will always go to this. It's mm. you, it's you, it's not me, it's not yeah. us. It's you. <laughs> it's you. you. You need to go into the studio. You need to do, you need to, you, right? So I was getting a lot of you, 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 something's wrong with you. And I'm like, damn, well, maybe, maybe I suck. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's not meant for me to, to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so God has just a, God has a funny way as far as like within, within the frame of what you were discussing, um, you know, that despite what the label said <laughs> and yeah. their and their expectation or lack thereof, um, because every every time we would hit a certain high point, they were surprised. It's like, okay, we're open enough for Maxwell. <gasps> really? Oh, mm. we're open enough for me. Really? We got the clay <laughs> Really? Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's number two on the on R and B iTunes. <gasps> really? I'm like y'all expect from me <laughs> right surprised about everything that they couldn't they were always reactive versus being proactive and proactive being like okay we're he's getting ready to do this so let's prepare so that we can right. then attack with the stuff that he does have right so it just didn't it didn't make sense for me to stay with them once the light turned on um, so once I realized that they didn't have an expectation and that either whatever was inside of me scared the hell out of them or that they were just, they just didn't know what to do with it or with me. Um, once that clicked, I was like, you know what? I'm better off discovering me on my own and cultivating a sound and a bass without outside cooks trying to cook with me in the kitchen. Cause now it's just, it's taking longer. It's distracting. And then, you know, it does something to your spirit. But how easy is it, though, just to walk away from a label? I mean, I, I don't know if modern day label agreements are different where you can just say, yeah, it's not working. I'm just going to go off. Oh, no, no, no. It's a, it, took, uh, it took about a year for them to let me go. Because it's like, you know, by that time, I scored a number one record with them at, at Urban AC. They were surprised. I was surprised. Everybody surprised. We get nominated for NAACP Awards, iHeart Music Awards for Best R&B or Best New R&B uh -huh. Artist. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that came after that. So once that happened, and it was, it was a defining moment. Ah, the defining moment. The defining moment was um, two things. The first thing was, so I had gotten cool with Michael B. Jordan, right? So we were all kind of in the same circle. So we over at uh, one of our homeboys' house, shout out to Sterling Brim, and um, we're playing video games. And he's talking about, you know, and this is Michael B. Jordan at this point. He, he didn't did Creed, and so everybody's throwing money at him. So oh, okay. we playing video games, and he's just like, yo, like, yo, you got any music for this Piaget watch commercial? I'm like... Yeah, like we, we we can figure that out. You just let me know what song. He's like, yo, I think that you know this song off your album would be super dope. I'm like, say less. So <laughs> I'm thinking it's as easy as just being like, yo, like I just talked to him, you know, Mike, you know, like yo, he's gonna put this in the commercial, it's gonna be a good look for us. But here's the catch: because I was assigned artist to a major label, I didn't own my masters, right? So I couldn't say yes or no. 
(laughs) I had to be like, you know, you have to ask the label. And then once you put it into the label sand, then they start negotiation to say, you know, well, we want, um, you know, 25 grand. We want this, this, and that. And whatever they settle on, here's the catch. Even if I wrote and produced it, I get zero of the sync fee because I don't own my master, right? So not only does it make a relationship if, if, if your label is bargaining in the wrong way, right? It makes your personal relationship with people a little awkward, right? Because they think, yo, they're supposed to be looking out for me. Why do you hit me over the head for X amount of dollars? Like, this is a good look for him, right? So mm-hmm. that makes that awkward. And then you get no money out of it. So for me, I was like, this, this ain't adding up. This don't make sense. Second one, um, I went out on tour and I needed tour support. And I did my first run and I know I'd spent, I spent about 60 to 70 grand of my own money to finance my tour. And uh, my label at the time gave me maybe 10. Maybe. So you're on a you're signed to a major label. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say the name of it, but yeah. you're signed to a major label, and you had to put in seventy thousand mm-hmm. of your own money. Yeah, and and mind you, I don't oh. own my masters, right. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> as if my ROI, as far as on you know, they get a piece of merch, they get a piece of everything. Oh. I'm in a, I'm in a three sixty, right? Oh. So they own all of this stuff, and I'm putting up seventy grand, right? right. So I'm like that don't make sense. Then, and this is a little known fact. So I was offered uh, the Bruno Mars 24 Karat Magic Tour, the Canadian run. And Mm -hmm. so uh, when it was offered, we needed tour support. I had exhausted, you know, most of my personal funds just to make sure that the tour went on successfully. But you don't turn down Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. So they turned it down. And so the label turned it down. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they feel like, you know, at the time that either we shouldn't we shouldn't be paying to be on tour with Bruno Mars and they didn't want to exhaust any more of the budget. So at that time, I knew that I was like, they don't get this. They don't get. Yeah, me. that was a that's bad <laughs> decisions right there. Bruno Mars. Yeah. So oh that, that's good promotion. It, yeah, that's when I click. That's when it clicked to be like. They don't understand, and 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 right, and right. and you know what I mean. Like it's all love. So when I asked for my release, everybody thought I was playing. My management thought I was playing. The label thought I was playing. So they didn't say nothing to me for two, three months, right? And I'm like, I need the president's number since nobody's taking me serious. I text the president. Hey, I emailed the president. Hey, we got to talk. I only talked to them after four or five months. And they're like, you, you really serious about this? And I was like, yeah, I'm serious as a heart attack. I was like, I want to be let go, you know? And it, like I said, it took, you know, six plus months after that to be released because it was like, you know, being in a relationship where somebody, you know, wants to break up and the other person wasn't ready. And I just felt like, you know, I, I, have, more, I have more value. I understand my worth a little bit more now. And I'm not going to stay in a place where I feel like I'm not being appreciated. You know what I mean? Right, I'm just right. being tolerated at this point where it's like, no matter 
how much I do, no matter how much God blesses me on a on a personal level and even just on an artistic level, in my POV, my team and the people around me, it just it didn't click for them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so I'm just like, nah, and that's what's interesting. A lot of art, you know, you know, your fans and a lot of people in general when they listen to music, they they see artists on tele television and they'll compare artists and they'll. I always had that wonder why this artist isn't as successful as another artist. Mm -hmm. And usually when we tell our art audiences, usually it's the team. It's, it's mm -hmm. something to do with the team a lot of times. Like in your case, you're yeah. hugely talented. Um, you write and produce. Your pen grant game is crazy. We're going to get into that in a, in a second. Uh -huh. But you just didn't have the resources and the tools. They didn't, um, you weren't a priority to them, it seems. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like it's unfortunate. But let's get into your pen game because you have written for some really big names. Mm -hmm. You had a you've written for Johnny Gill, uh, <laughs> Tony Braxton, <laughs> um, as you said, Jamie Foxx, yeah. Trey Songs with uh, a touching, right? Was it touching? Touching loving. Touching yeah. loving. A couple, yeah, a couple um, of uh, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, uh, you've worked with Tro Troy Taylor, one of the, yeah. the legends in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, who's brought us, you know, uh, Trey Songs, Eliza Blake, you know, mm -hmm. um, Brandon Green, a lot of different people. Um, and also um, on your album, the latest one, uh, Drive 2, uh -huh. I mean, there's so many fire records on there. Like, your pen game is crazy. Like, I like uh, Miscommunication. Uh -huh. Now, that's a song when you want to send some subliminal shots, play it around <laughs> the house a few times. She's going to be like, okay. Why are you playing that over and over again? What are you trying to say? That's the kind of song that is. That's clever songwriting. Thank you know, um, you know, Sweet Release. I love that song. Um, you got a lot of Honest. Honest is, well, that's, I think that's on the, which, which one is that yeah. on? It's Audacity. Yeah, so, yeah, it's all that. But that's a good, that's a good song too. That's got some great lyrics in it. So you you are a gifted songwriter and it's rare that you have someone that's gifted in voice and songwriting. And you're also a producer. So tell me about um, the time um, when you started to um, develop your songwriting gift. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, I know you've worked with, you know, Troy Taylor. Tell me about leading, leading up to that, because that's not an easy thing. I mean, I've submitted, I'm a songwriter. I've submitted to <laughs> Troy Taylor. I've sub submitted to these people. So give some of us some, uh, <laughs> no point is about, yeah. no, give us some, you know, some of your story. Cause it's really interesting because you had a lot of success behind the scenes as a songwriter. So I'm yeah. surprised that the label you were with, um, didn't know what to do with you. <laughs> Just let him do what he does yeah. is what yeah. I would say, but. I mean, honestly, I think that, um, I mean, even like in the cultivation of songwriting, you know, it's, it's a lot of trial and error, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of just like, okay, you got to figure out like what you sound like as far as like from a lyrical standpoint, how that mm -hmm. can be penetrated into other people's lives, um, being able to be the chameleon, being able to adapt. Um, it's, it's so much to it, you know what I mean? And it's an ever like evolving process as a writer. Um, but, you know, like starting off, it was a thing where it was like, yo, I'm just going to, I'm going to make songs because I love it. And then after a while, you're trying to match up songs um, to what you play in the car. You know, it becomes a competitive thing to say, can I make a song that that Tank would do on Sex, Love and Pain? You know what I mean? And then there's a withdrawal that comes from that, right? So, um, I felt like that was my rinky-dink version of what Tank would do on Sex, Love, and Pain. 
Um, and so those kind of records and you emulating and being inspired and building these worlds, you just, after a while, after hundreds and hundreds of records, you create um, formulas for yourself to say, oh, okay, this, this sounds like I could go here. Or I could do this. So this needs a big hook. This needs more of a simple hook. This is more of like a one, you know, a one word takeaway that just, you know, the one word hit a quitter giant, you know? So it's so many different routes that you could go. And I discovered that through trial and error. So by the time that I got to Troy, um, I was just a, I was just a wild card. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, he, no one knew what to expect in a sense of like, what they were going to get from me from a song perspective. Um, and it, was, it wasn't until him just kind of being like, change that, change that pre. That hook needs to be stronger. Mm. I don't, that, that subject matter is not strong enough. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Like he'll, you know, if you have something, like even if whatever, he'll just be like, okay, change this, change that. He's not one to really talk to you like and break it down in a science. Like, <laughs> right? He ain't that guy. Like, he'll right. he'll tell you one thing and he'll leave the room, and you just got to call him when you're ready and be like, "Hey, can you listen to this?" And no matter how many times he'll be like, "Nope, that ain't it." And you be like, "Damn!" He'll be like, call me when you when you get it. Hey, come here. Nope, that ain't it. But the the cool thing with with Troy was it was a great training ground. Um, because of the fact that the industry is not like that, right? And even though his method is not like, you know, sit you down and talk you through the process, it's still more forgiving than the actual music business. Because in the music business, all you got is one shot. All you got is 15 to 30 seconds. When they hear that record and be like, all right, am I into it? Nah, that's whack. They ain't gonna call you back. They ain't gonna be like, yo, um... I like the verse, but, you know, can you change the, the pre-hook and the hook or this, this, and that? Like, most ARs now aren't built for that, right? They they built to understand what people are gravitating towards. So their job is a lot easier to they can look on SoundCloud to say, okay, they're getting these amount of streams and plays. And I ain't right. got to, they ain't got to understand the music. They only have to understand that there is a base and there is a crowd or audience that get it. So they like, all right, well, they got this crowd and just imagine with this money, what we could do. And you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, the, the music industry is not forgiving in the sense of when you, when you play songs, right? So Troy at least gives you enough time and space to make the corrections. So that when you're sitting there in front of a, a, a Tony or a Tank or whomever, because, you know, you can always have a Troy Taylor in your ear to be like, ah, ah, nope, don't do that. Nope, that's not good. Nope. You be like, ah, yeah, it's not good. Let me go ahead and go ahead and change that real quick right now, because those are the moments that matter, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, when, when boxers train, they train every goddamn day. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Football players, basketball players, athletes, they train every day yeah. for, you know what I mean, for, for a particular game or, you know, even like Olympians. They train for like literally a couple weeks out of four years. And maybe, you know, the Winter Olympics, you know, so every, you know, every two years or whatever the case may be. But all of those training moments, all of those exercises, all of those routines, 
are for a defining moment. Right. And that to me was my training for with Troy was to prepare myself for the defining moments when I'm sitting there and I can't, I can't say, Oh, my bad, Mr. Quincy Jones. I'm having a bad night. My bad, Mr. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, <laughs> Whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, don't nobody yes. hear that you're having a bad night, right? So what the, the skill sets that you develop is you, you, you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to say, okay, this didn't work, but let me try this. Let me try. Let me figure out different ways, right? And right. it's your willingness, right? Who's willing to do a song? over and over again, right? We heard the infamous story of Pharrell Williams and Happy. You know what I mean? He sent um, it into the studio. They gave him the job, remember, to do the theme song for this actual Despicable Me movie. And he had to submit it nine times, oh. nine different songs. So, and it's Pharrell Williams. So he's already successful. He's a goddamn multimillionaire. Yes. Telling somebody that's that successful. Nope, that ain't it. Nope, that ain't it. Somebody with an ego like that would have gave up by song three. You know what? Nah, this this ain't for me. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> if y'all don't understand what I'm trying to do, I like this. I'm for real Williams. I done sold hundreds of millions of records. I know, right. I know what I'm doing. But he was humble enough and he had somebody, i.e. a tell, Teddy Riley, to tell him, nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. You develop this callous in you to say a relentless, like, if you're giving me a chance to do it over, which is very rare in the music industry, I'm going to take that chance. I'm going to take that shot. If you telling me it ain't it, but you want me to do it again, there's something there. And I'm going to keep I'm going to keep prying at it until I get it. And, One know, thing I like, um, sorry to cut you off. Um, what I'm noticing, even just hearing from you, you are a product of great mentorship and you had great people. It seems a strong father, um, strong you know, mentors in your life musically and uh, spiritually that have have sharpened you and, 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 and passed on wisdom and, and made you a very strong and intelligent and shrewd businessman. So, and I, it's so great to see, this is, this is what I want my audience, our audience to see is, you know, a, an artist that, this is the difference in an artist that actually is seasoned and ready for the business. We've, we've seen recently a lot of other artists of today on the Twitter complaining about their record deals, wanted to quit. And you have been able to endure all these bumps in a row and capitalized off of the success, uh, you know, that you've, you've, you've accumulated over the years, you know, with your prior, prior label. You were able to be released and actually capitalize on that. So you've had a lot of smart moves. And so it leads me to my next question. Um, now that you're the boss, basically, you know, um, and of course you have a, good, a great team of people that are probably, you know, experienced, knowledgeable, but now that you're the boss, how do you find time for the creative? Because a lot of times you lose the passion for the creative or the music when you're involved in the numbers and the, the strategies and, you know, the realities of the business and the long nights of, you know, hashing out deals and waiting. So how do you keep that um, passion for the music, that creativity, when you carve out time to actually write songs, because you're writing too, you're producing. So 
I mean, you you know, just like in a relationship, you got to make time for it, right? Like, you know, if you don't make time for it, time is going to pass you by. You're going to allow anything to to take you away from what you love. And so for me, um, I always make time for it. I always tell my team that, you know, January and February is usually the months where I go and I create. You know what I mean? And whatever I come out with within those two months is then we're on, we're on full attack mode for the next year or, or two years of the music that I created from out of that. But I need that time. I'll take interviews. I'll take certain shows. I'll take gigs or whatever the case may be. But outside of that, I'm fully dedicating my time and my life to what I love. And yeah, you know, sometimes when you are in the seat and the boss of, you know, uh, of your business, it can get a little mundane and, you know, you, you start to, you know, feel like you're getting removed from the actual magic of the music, but then you yeah. have to understand there's a, there's a bigger play at hand, right? So no matter like what the streams look like, and I've been blessed, I'm extremely blessed within my indie career, you know, it's been two and a half years and we've done over, you know, 60 million streams and which it may not mean a lot to anybody else, but I always think about, I started at zero. You yeah, know what no, I mean? That's impressive. That's impressive. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, to, to me, I look at that to say in those two years, somebody's listening to the music, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> and so you know, I'm not getting into my business mind because it, it was going to take me there. But needless, <laughs> but needless to say, is you got to make time for it. No matter no matter what is going on, like you have to make it your business to say, even if it's an hour, two hours, just to like sit there and say, I'm going to sort through these drums. I'm going, I'm going to write something good or bad. We're going to do something tonight. Because of the fact that I said that I was going to, right? Like, right, right. So to me, that's that's the most important part of it. And so it's not just a product, but it's also, you know, I'm I'm realizing, you know, it's a soundtrack to people's lives. People really make memories and moments from out of that. And so it's a, you know what I mean? It's not even a gift and a curse. Like these are two blessings that it's like, yo, I have the responsibility to make really good music and memories for people. But then also I can make a really good living out of this as well because I understand what I'm worth and I understand how much the dollar is, the power of the dollar within the music business and how to move it. Um, There's nothing better than that. And so um, I take the time. I take the time and I sacrifice it because it's worth it. The people deserve um, you know, the music and, you know, my team uh, deserves for us to be profitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thinking about that, because the, the modern day industry is sort of alien to a lot of, as I said, to, to generation. And I'll put myself in there who, I mean, now I listen to music on YouTube or maybe yeah, I see yeah. stuff on Instagram. I was, you, have, you have my kids who see stuff on TikTok. Yeah. But then you, how does that become money? to the artists you know it's very different when we were buying a cd or it's on the yeah. radio it, the mechanics were there so you know not like looking to get numbers but yeah, no, you're good. when i spoke with um h-town they said look we're putting out music to get tours you know the music is to say hey we're still around we're making the videos yeah. it was more so to let people know that they're around they weren't thinking about the streams they were just thinking about okay yeah we're still around and they're playing and they're going on tours singing 
their legacy tracks. Mm-hmm. But for new artists like yourself, um, I'm, I'm saying new artists, but I'm saying oh, independent okay. artists. You know, I think of people like you know, because you're not on a label. Oh, no. <laughs> um, um, but when you know, and I'm a good friend of um, I don't know if you know Nefertiti Avani. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, um, she's done some stuff. She just did some stuff with Fatio and Snoop. But I'm just saying in the so what I'm seeing is that you're getting the music out there, but is, is are you looking at that thinking okay good there's the money coming from that or is it like nope I need to go on tour and that's where I'm generating my money to to live as you know a, a good uh, have a good living. Truth be told, I'm more wealthier as an independent artist than I ever was as a major. Um, let's start there. Uh, two, um, there's a beauty in understanding your world of music, right? Um, and how that world of music works for you, right? So for me, the beauty of independence is actually looking at my analytics, not just streaming, right? Because I understand, like, yeah, people consume on YouTube, right? But it's just like a sales funnel, right? You have the bigger loops closer to the beginning of it, right? So everybody has their own sale. So for me, I have to make my world as big as possible. So my sacrifice and a lot of things could be to other people a novelty. But one of the biggest sales for me is my mashups, right? So that's ring one of my cylinder. I go in the boxes and I do wop and ooh, whoop, 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 whoop. And maybe, and maybe you'll listen to my music, but maybe not. Then there's a ring two. The ring two is you listening to my music and you actually liking a song, right? Then the next ring around that is to make you a supporter or subscriber or a member that is attached to me, ring three. Ring four is making you a believer, right? Or make you curious enough to see, is he worth the dollar when I go to a tour. And even when the touring doesn't work, to understand your business to say, hmm, okay, now here's the beauty of cover licensing, right? You still make money off of cover licensing. You still make money as far as within the analytics of DSPs. You have satellite radio. You have so many different outlets Mm -hmm. where you can make the return on your investment, right? And I think for a lot of artists, um, they just, they don't build their world big enough in order to really see how much they can actually make um, from off of their ability. Preach. I'm just not, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. I'm not afraid to say, ah, oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're not touring. And when I'm not making money from this avenue, but you know what, let's, let's create a show called The Mashup Show. And we're going to invite OGs and vets on like Avon and Selena Johnson and all of these amazing artists and SWV and we're going to have fun and I don't know where this is going to take me but let's just have this in a can you know what I mean um until there's sponsors that come uh, come about shout out to respect the roots to say hey we want to do product placement on your on your show you'll do product placement on my show that's money 
You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, uh, you establishing a relationship with the Sirius XM. Shout out to shout out to Heart and Soul on 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 Sirius XM and BJ Stone and Kamen Kelly and you know and 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 Miss Michelle. Um, you know, them giving me an opportunity to say, hey, we want you to be a guest DJ. Some artists may not have built their world big enough and they'd be like, nah, I don't really do guest DJ stuff. It's a missed opportunity, right? So right. it limits it limits their ability, ability to make money in different outlets. In this nature of the business of the music industry, you have to display as many talents and as many abilities as you possibly can in order to create a business structure for yourself. I mean, I can go on and on about this stuff mm -hmm. because it's so many different ways that I create money for myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I could care less about Spotify playlisting um, <laughs> me when I own a part of Spotify as far as in stocks. I understand their analytics to say, hey, thank you for this a million streams. Thank you for this 2,500. And I'm going to put this 2,500 into my Webull account and I'm going to make a couple of hundred dollars from that. And then I'm going to flip that and I'm going to do it again. So that money that I was sitting on for a month or two months of just, you know, getting a couple of pennies in the bank now the same dsp that thinks that they're cheating me i'm making money off <laughs> right so i don't have to i ain't worried about that stream when y'all making me money thank you thank you uh cardi v and everybody else that's 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 making this work because i'm a part of the spotify business not the music the business yes. mm. and so for me i think in those you know what i mean i think in those ways to to make sure that i never have to go without you know what i mean like it's more than just like putting music out to go on the road now more so than anything going on the radio equates to going on the road right like what i've understood as far as, far as radio especially right now is you know you have um you know, you have these records and people have this expectation to say, yo, you know, we're going to go on the radio and this is going to increase my following. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to do this, this and that. And it doesn't because it's a different format, right? It's an older format in the sense where, you know, shout out to my aunties and uncles. <laughs> they ain't going to Shazam it, right? No. <laughs> They're going to listen to it. They're going to do, 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 do. And your job is to get a goddamn booking agent because it ain't like the radio station is going to say, yo, Kevin Ross, blah, blah, man, your record's hot. You know, we need you to be at Summerfest. Blah, 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 blah. Your job is to find as many people that understand your world or that can help to build your world or assist with your world to say then, if you got a record on radio, you hire a booking agent to say, all right, this record is playing really well in Columbus, Ohio. Now let's find a promoter in Columbus, Ohio to make sure that we get our money's worth there. We tell that promoter how much is spending there. They'll feel the effect of it to say, okay, how many spans? All right, cool. Turn on the radio. See, you hear it? All right, cool. So when, so when are we performing? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, wow. that's a whole nother way. And that's just the live aspect. But if we take that away, there's a whole, you know, it's a, it's a different ball game. It's a whole new world. Like, that people be so focused on getting playlisted on DSPs that it's like, that's only an increment of, that's only an increment, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. 
<laughs> that's only an increment of of what you of what you make. Hold on, I mean, guys. I just before you came on, uh, I was speaking to Matthew Knows uh, Knows Beyonce. Um, I don't want to call him Beyonce's dad because he was more than that. <laughs> yeah. But, he said that the moment he got into the music industry, the first thing he did was went to went to college, get to to upskill himself, mm. went on every seminar you can, so mm. that he once he got in, he started to make relationships, tried to know what to do, what not to do, yeah. what the perceptions about parents who have kids in the industry, so that they and changed that perspective, where yeah. the labels ex of a Sony loved him. Yeah. And he, he understood the business. So he understood yeah. that, look, our, our kids aren't going to make all the money off of the re records, but yeah. we need to make money off of branding and public and, and dolls and, and fashion and all that stuff. That's where we're going to make our money from. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is very similar, you know, going in and just not looking at, oh, I've got a hot video and I'm big on TikTok and like, this is it. But thinking really outside of the box, and really being in control of your destiny. Because I guess, as I said, as things change, what people, and what he mentioned was the fact that artists, and even Jay King, who did, um, who was part of, um, he was part of, um, oh, 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 Jay King. Um, uh, Club Nouveau? Club Nouveau, yes. So he yeah. went, yeah, he said the same thing, that artists are lazy. And he, yeah, he said lazy. <laughs> they want to go, go to a label give me the loan give me all that money and you've owned all my stuff because we don't want to do the work and he mm -hmm. was saying look if they just do the work invest in themselves they can they can reap the fruit and and how much of this was down to going to college and getting that discipline because there's i think it's not saying college is everything but there's a discipline that you get in college that that hopefully opens up your mindset to think outside the box because you're saying that they said hey, we don't want that college stuff around here. You're making us feel as if you're <laughs> more qualified than us. But how much do you think going through that, you know, three, four years of college and then yeah. getting into the industry helped? Um, I think college, if anything, and I think this is for corporate America too, what college is, is, is just an indication of your willingness to learn, right? Right. Your, your ability to learn or your ability to adapt, your ability to retain information, things of that nature, to not fold under pressure. You know, you know, just like very, very simple things, but to the average person, you know, it may not compute as that to be like, that's not all that they're looking for. It's like, yeah, like, you know, I, was, I wasn't going to use goddamn calculus or anything and like, you know, in my, in my life, but it's the, it's the, it's the mindset, just like training. You know what I mean? It's like, are you willing to go through this process to fulfill your, you know what I mean? To, to, to get this goddamn degree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so that, that I will say college allowed for me to accept um, certain things in the sense to say, okay, I'm able to learn. I'm able to adapt. I'm able to to soak this in. I'm ready to soak this in. Um, and not to say that you can't do that while being a high school grad, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it's something about college where, I'm going to be honest, a lot of the courses I took were very unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> it gave me the skill set to retain. It gave me the skill set to be open to receiving the information and, you know what I mean, and, and executing um, in a different way. 
So I would I would definitely say that, especially within my indie journey, because, um, you know, I learned that even when you're independent, that doesn't mean that you're on your own, you know, and, and a team is very important. I needed I needed a business mentor just as much as I needed a music mentor. You know what I mean? Um, that was important because I couldn't go on this journey and just be like, you know, I had it all backwards. I had it all wrong. You know, I'm thinking all I got to do is make the music, do a photo shoot, get the graphics right, let the people decide, you know, <laughs> all of the majestic words that people use that, you know, that's literally just like maybe 1%, you know what I mean, of, of a release or like, you know, the business, right? So for me, it was really like, taking that college experience, the networking, yeah, um, being able to communicate with people. It, it is important. I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't recommend anyone going into debt for it. Um, I <laughs> always tell, you know, especially kids that are super talented or super intelligent. Um, if your GPA is 4.0 and above, there's no way that you shouldn't be going to school uh, on a scholarship because you are a prime right. example of what the school desires and, and what they need. Um, so that's just on a scholastic level, you know, on a musician level, if you're extremely talented and you killing on YouTube or whatever the case may be, and they found you and they ain't not willing to give you a full scholarship, I'd say go to where you're appreciated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if college isn't for you and you have a clear path on what you want to do, then do it. I know for me, I did not know what the hell I wanted to do at 17 years old. You know what I mean? So college was for me to kind of figure out who I wanted to be, who I was becoming. So it was necessary for me. Went into debt. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to um, remind our listeners and our viewers, we're talking to Grammy nominated Kevin Ross and he has a new album out, Drive 2. So go check that out. After this, go, you know, search bar, Kevin Ross, Drive 2 and all his, all his music, the audacity, complete and all you know all of those things um listening to you talk is just so inspirational you know i feel like you should be charging for this session basically <laughs> a lot of gems that a lot of you know aspiring artists that are listening or watching um and just people generally curious about the music industry um some some good information for them to digest and you know take in their, in their own paths um what I wanted to ask you, though, is, you know, many American artists um, are loved enough to um, be, be asked to perform overseas. And you have joined the ranks of those artists. You have been performing overseas. So my question to you is how, do, how exciting was that? How did you feel about being asked to um, perform outside of the U.S.? And were you nervous about performing outside of the, New York, uh, the U.S.? I mean, as an artist, I've only I've only done one overseas gig in London at oh, this uh. place called the uh, the Pizza Pizza Express Live, uh, not too far from the London Eye. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, so they have like a un what what do you like a downstairs area where it's like a nice little like jazz. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know, like. Mm. Yeah. jazz venue where it's like a hundred like maybe 100 150 people max that can fit inside of there very nice venue though mm -hmm. um so i went there and i listen i didn't think nobody was gonna show because i was like I, i've never been to london like when was this know? when was this this was 2019 this is 2019 okay. yeah i, I think i've seen clips on youtube if i'm not mistaken yeah 
I went to London and and like and they really showed up like like we like they filled that room. And and I don't know if it was they filled the room because of the fact of just out of sheer curiosity or because of the fact that they actually liked a song, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I've met some really great people and just the energy and the reaction of it, you know, that was so welcoming to be like, you got to come back and then COVID hit. But, you yeah. know, yeah. like, <laughs> great <experience. laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's an appreciation for R&B here in the UK. I mean, and, you know, it, there's an interview with Tevin Campbell who says he likes to travel outside because we don't, you know, I'm, I'm here in the UK. We don't get to see Keith Sweat every week in New Edition. We're not seeing them. <laughs> And Jodeci. No. So when we do get somebody showing up, you know, that's why Blacks really come around a lot and it gets packed out because we don't get this uh, a lot and we don't have, we don't have a lot of R&B. We're, we're now getting a new wave of R&B British homegrown artists, um, yeah. but still um, who actually are competing with the American artists. So yeah, there's, there's an appreciation for good R&B music. So that's probably more so people just appreciating, appreciating your stuff. And I guess with that, though, just what would you tell the generation of R&B fans who keep clanging on to the 90s and say, oh, 90s, uh, we're, if you're not from the 90s, we're not going. What would yeah. you tell us? You know, and I'm, I'll, I'll, be, I'll hold my hands. I'm one of those who, you know, don't, don't haven't listened to so much n- new stuff just because we so got, we, 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 we felt like, you know, it got ripped away from us and, uh, mm-hmm. and our, our 90s but what will you tell us about the type of music that you and your contemporaries you know and I, and I'm mentioning even females like Summer Walker um, Scissor her and all these all mm-hmm. these others who are, are making music what would you tell us about how your music might be a little bit different from the 90s but still is worth investing in I think that uh the most important thing that people have to understand is it's not necessarily about the sound but the perspective right um it's our stories that are different. We're in a different time frame where the 90s, you know, is, you know, girl, all you got to do is call me, pick up the phone, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, whatever, you know, Mr. Telephone, man, you know, it's like, it, it ain't no party lines no more, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, two-way page me and all that stuff. Like, so even things like that, like, that right. was for that time. And, and so the beauty of the 90s was is that they made some classic records. They made a lot of classic records. And so what my generation did was become fans and students of it. Um, the, the missing part to that mm. is the evolution, right? To say, we are fans of this. And now here's our thing. You know what I mean? Like oh. the, the, the transformed and morphed version of it. And you, and you have artists that, that have successfully done it. Um, but, you know, uh, I'd say for people who may have a disdain or a bad taste in their mouth as far as like for our generation that that are fans of the 90s to not be so caught up on that, but more so on our story. We have something to say. And no matter what the music that is, what we have to say should be respected. And, you know, you know, there's there's some there's some truth in that. There's some truth in, in, in what we have to say. Who would you recommend? So just so give us five males, females combined that you would recommend. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, Omar's mentioned about your, your drive to and, and your stuff, but just yeah. others that you think, okay, you know, yeah, give, 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 give these other guys a try. Um, yes. I mean, of course, yes, me. Yeah, definitely. Of course. <laughs> um, but, 
I've been singing his I've been singing his praises all on the channel. Like, check out Kevin Ross. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. SZA. I think SZA has a very great and unique perspective. Her writing is very different. I mean, no one writes like her. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just, yeah, it's just very unique. Um, so SZA, I would highly recommend. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I mean, obviously Bruno Mars. You know what I mean? Like Bruno Mars is. Well, I, I don't count Bruno because yeah, okay, so we don't. Yeah, he's he he was on the tail he coat of two thousands. You know, so he yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I would I would recommend um I would recommend Summer Walker as well. Okay. Um, I think her perspective is honest. It's um, yeah, it's just very honest. It's very vulnerable. You know what I mean? Um. Okay, let's get to some guys here. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, uh, let's see. Guys, 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 guys. It's a couple that are like rolling around in my mind, but I'm just, I'm trying to think of like the ones where I'm like, oh man, like I can really, I can really relate to, um, I can really relate to what they're, to what they're saying. Um, Damn, I mean, I was, damn it. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's some, it's some guys that's out here that's really like saying some stuff. I'm just really drawing blanks right now in a sense yeah. of on the, on the guy tip. Um, I mean, Omar, is anyone that you can, okay, good. Hmm? No, I'll just assume Omar can help well, you out. I, well, while you're thinking about that, let me, <laughs> yeah. well, no, um, so no, my I, question for you. Mm -hmm. I think he froze. Did you freeze? Oh, you're there. Okay. Um, so my question for you is, it's kind of similar, but it's not. Okay. So you're very familiar with LSG, right? Yeah. Um, Levert, <laughs> Sweat, Gail. Yeah. Uh, you, are you familiar with TGT? Mm -hmm. And Lucy Pearl? Yeah. Yeah. So my question to you uh -huh. is, if you could create your own super group, since you have your own label... Uh, and you know you wanted to do a deal who of your peers or of any time period if you prefer to open it up to any other era mm -hmm. who would be those two other guys or girl or, or it could be guys or girls uh that you would have in that group that is a go to group really good question <laughs> that is a that is a phenomenal question um you know what i'm just gonna throw like some real wild cards out there um I think that if I'm included inside of the group, yeah, uh -huh. then we need. I would want I would want Avery Wilson. Okay, um, that's the you know what I mean. And then I would want. I would want. Uh, I'm trying to think. Ooh, and then I would want Jasmine Sullivan. Okay. All right. I like that. So it so. It would take a lot of the singing pressure off of me, and then I could just <laughs> then I could just focus on producing. Jasmine got a hell of a pen, so right. you know, and Avery, you know, Avery's like you know, goddamn yeah, local, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you know. In so. my in my fantasy football matchup, no, no, I had an idea of you, um, Elijah Blake, and uh, uh, Seven Streeter. You know, ooh, I mean, you all are ooh. great songwriters, or you, <laughs> Elijah Blake, and Eric Bellinger. Like, I just, I see 
the 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 potential, you know, you all write songs, so it really be, wouldn't be any, you know, issue with coming up with hits. Yeah. So, but I know those those are different egos and different personalities. I don't know how that's gonna work. But no, no, no. Here's, I, think, I think here's the thing, though. In every group, you have to have everybody has to be assigned something, right? Like, right. I, I know what you're saying. So I'll I'll put it like this. So within the past ten years, there's been so many different people that's like we are forming groups. Here's a guy group. Here's a girl group. And uh -huh. a lot of times they don't work because they never did the research past the songs and how the group looked. So uh -huh. one thing about groups is that everyone had a role, right? So when you look at Jodeci, Jodeci just wasn't four guys in leather pants and backwards hat. <laughs> you know right. Had little Timberlands on or whatever. We had Devontae Swain, right? The mm -hmm. primary producer and harmony maker of the group. You had Casey and JoJo, who were the primary singers, right? Mm -hmm. You had Devontae's brother, right? That was that was a part of the the, the glue and the personality. Right. Now, here's another group, Drew Hill, right? Where you mm -hmm. would just think Cisco, but Nokia, another producer that was a part of the right. group. Cisco was the signature sound of the group, right? Every one of these groups that we're naming, they had either a signature sound or writer or creators in a group, boys to men, they had their place. It wasn't like everybody was singing over top of each other because when you really thought about it, whenever they wanted to bring a song home, who sang? Wanye. Right? Wanye, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Whenever, whenever Sean, Sean or Mike will always start off the song, smooth, but they knew how to crank it to another level. Sean plays guitar. Nate plays bass guitar. Some of them right in the group. And then, uh, who was the fourth guy? Um, Michael. Mike. And, then My and then Michael. <clears throat> and then Michael on a, no, was it? Or was it? It was Nate. It was Nate. Nate. So, so wait. Oh, yeah, Mike. You're right. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike. The bass. So Michael was more, Michael was more the business guy, right? He was the one that was shaking hands and, and, and moving around, right? So you have all of these different personalities, but they benefit each other. Even with Lucy Pearl, that was more mm -hmm. of an inward, you know, debacle, but it would have worked because right. you had Rafael Sadiq, who's a great songwriter, a great musician, but then you bring in, uh, what's old boy from, um, from a tribe called Quest? His name is... Uh, Ali. Ali. Ali, yeah. You know, Ali Shahid, right? That that's a producer, a, a, a beat maker that, that's known for making slaps and have a great ear. And then you have an amazing lead singer, like you know what I mean? Uh yeah, Don uh, Robinson. Don, Don Robinson, Don Robinson from, from In Vogue, right? Mm. So yes. they all played separate roles, but when you have a group where everybody sings equally, everybody looks equally, everybody <laughs> dances equally, nobody does anything else but just that, you're bound to fail. Because you've never done the research on what made successful groups. Everybody mm. had a different job. Are we yeah. gonna well, see let me that? ask you this. Let <laughs> me ask you this. Why do you think, do you think that the music industry has lost the taste from uh, R&B groups? Like why, why can't we get any R&B groups running again? What, what's happened? Because nobody knows the formula. Like, I mean, like we literally just talked about, like, Nobody knows what I'm talking about in the sense of saying, like, everybody just wants people that look good and that sound good, right? And that's, it's mm, more yeah. than that. You can stick three or four singers together and make harmony, but it's a chemistry that goes along with yeah. that. 
Like that's true. About like dancing well and all that. Like no, like what's your part? What's your part in the group? Who are you in the group? Do you write? Do you produce? Do you what do you what are you right? Mm. But if it's just the same people over and over again. Eventually, you're going to fail because you guys don't have the um, you don't have what it takes, right? So mm. imagine telling the music industry that where <clears throat> they're just trying to find people that have a vibe and it's more than just a vibe like that's what people just don't understand that's why groups fail like I haven't really encountered a group that I'm like y'all got the nucleus right y'all gonna be something it's always been everybody you know dressed differently yeah. or dressed <laughs> the same or you know it's like nah like y'all ain't got a writer y'all ain't got a producer y'all ain't got the the you know the industry you know or the personality in the group y'all ain't got a lead singer because everybody can sing and so mm. there's no lead singer nobody's willing to back down right you ain't got the swag right. to take home you know so it's a whole yeah this is something I was telling Namdi like you can't have four lead singers there's that's not going to work you have to have a, you have to have a dominant voice so yeah. yeah is that something you can consider though just 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 as we oh, no, I, I, no I will I will make a group. I will create a group and it will be successful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it, yeah, you're going to be the next Trey Taylor. You got a label now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, it's, it's hard to find groups that actually like each other too, right? Uh -huh. that's, a, that's another you have to live. You have to live with one another. You got to go through that hard part of it where it's like, all right, you're going on tour and y'all got 50 grand to pull this off. That means that between travel and airfare, and if you want to make some money for yourself, y'all going to be bunking up. If it's for y'all, y'all may have to head to toe it. Your two yeah. queen beds and the head to toe it. You know, it's been really great to, to hear from you. And especially, as I mentioned, there's, there's been a... Um, for, for, for I always talk about my own generation that we've not given time and space for for what's going on. And if you're assigned, if you're still with a major like a, a Summer Walker or um, um, in the area, uh, not the MD, um, Arnie Lennox, you know they'll pump the music out so that, but then they don't make the money. Be, mm -hmm. But it's the labels making the money. But I, I enjoy the fact that you're talking about how artists can think about making a living in different ways and, and and that's been great and hopefully you can even start a masterclass for people to come in and start learning because you know i think that's the kind of stuff that we that they did that they do need they need to know that you can do it by yourself but these are some of the steps to take because it's you know you go to college the people in college aren't running labels and and starting off like yourself so an upcoming artist will listen to you and think well he actually is talking from experience and these are some of the basic steps that you're taking and and you know that that would be something that would be great to see. But 2022, what should we expect from you um, when it comes to music videos, touring, and everything, so we can sort of mark our calendars? Yeah, um, you're gonna look out for more music in the springtime. Um, this is just a year of you know, or the season of scaling. Um, you know, I'm 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 in a place where I want to grow. I want to expand. Um, so 
you know, I'm, I'm looking to partner with other artists. I'm looking to do other, you know, co-ventures and stuff like that as well, partnering with, with brands and, you know, really seeing what my abilities are capable of and also my team's abilities are capable of as well um, so that we can, you know, reach out further than just, you know what I mean? Like putting out a record, but more so to say, how can we really implement change within the new music industry and let people know that it is possible uh, of what we're doing to not just be some sort of like luck or a anomaly, but something that can happen, you know, quite often. Um, and so I just want to make sure that, um, that people know that one, I exist um, and that, that <laughs> and that two, it's much bigger than me. And that um, I just want to make sure that people understand that it's possible to be successful and independent and not have to suffer. Um, and that you can have, you can, you can have whatever you want, uh, whatever you desire. Um, you just have to understand, are you willing to pay the cost? Um, you know what I mean? So, you know, everything has a price and not, not in a dark way, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, it's you have to you have to pay a price you have to pay a cost um literally um <laughs> yeah cost to money to make it yeah to, you know to do certain things so a 2022 is going to be a, a great year of music great year of partnerships a great year of scaling um a great year of me venturing off and doing you know different different things um yeah you know and it's all for the good, good of the genre and, and for independent artists it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, you've, been, you've been very inspirational, and I'm actually kind of just in awe sitting back and watching you. I've watched you over the years evolve, and we, you know, um, and to see, um, you know, the continued uh, growth and evolution of, of yourself. And I, I think that you would be a great value to the community. Um, I've seen like your music videos and I see you celebrate our beautiful uh, melanated sisters. Yeah, yeah. And I see, I suspect that there, there's a intentional conscious effort to, um, to uh, push and highlight black love and, um, and, and love of self and, and, and just love in general. And um, it's wonderful to see and then to hear how intelligent because so many times you, you, you know, you interview artists or you talk to people and they haven't got it, but you have got it. You understand where you're going with your career. You understand um, and you're learning as well um, the, as the because the, the, the industry is always constantly changing. Things is changing. Life is changing. You're an adapter. And I see that. So it's great that you've been able to bless us with some, some, some gems and drop some gems on us and let us know some some of your thoughts um i'm excited i want to remind everybody to check out your latest album ep drive to go back and check out the the catalog it's all all <laughs> up, up there and um i wish you the best thank you so much for coming through yeah. thank you man i appreciate you guys so much yeah i, I think the, the one thing was what did can we talk the challenge what did it do for you um it made me feel like I was a part of the community. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of times I feel like I'm just in my own world that when Tank called out to the R&B community and specifically the males, um, that I didn't feel like, I didn't feel separated. You know what I mean? I felt like mm. I was, a, I felt like I was a part of it. I felt like I was seen, you know what I mean? By my brothers. You know what I mean? And, and, it, and it just it felt like a moment that we could all enjoy, that we could all laugh at, that we could all 
you know, be an astonishment of. So it was just more so than just like, I don't care about the, you know, like, yeah, I, you know, I gained some followers and some interest or whatever. But beyond that, it was about really establishing a community, you know what I mean? Communicating with uh-huh. people that, you know, you may like see in passing, but, you know, y'all now have a dialogue because there's a mutual respect that's there. And so I'm, you know, I thank Tank for that in a sense for just like starting the conversation because that's, that's what it's all about. Like the conversation mm-hmm. pieces, like he, he has the right name, the general, you know, and, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's a general to bring an army of lost men together, you know what I mean? To, to, to really come together for, uh, you know, more so than just singing and the Can We Talk Challenge and all of the, you know, whatever, but just like unity, you know what I'm saying? Like the unification of it. I think that was the, the beautiful thing. So despite, you know, because everybody had something to say, like, leave it alone, leave Tevin's thing alone. And you, it's like, you know like, what? <laughs> I would say millions of people who, you know, um, we, we, we have I, millions of people have watched it on my, on my channel alone, but around the world. And it was a sense of, oh, we like how he did it. It was a way of saying, wow, we didn't realize people are still singing like that. Because remember, yeah. on my two um, T-Pain, it's, uh, we talked about the whole <laughs> altitude and stuff a couple of months earlier. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, we're seeing guys just, you know, no matter where they were singing. Yeah. And, it, and it wasn't just the fact that some of us connected to the song again, yeah. but we were looking at the vocal part. We love when Kevon comes out and says, well, look, look, my little, my older brother wrote this and he did his stuff. And, but we saw other people that we hadn't seen before. So it reminded us of, you would know, the Black Men United, that, and I don't know if you know the track from Jason. Oh Slavery. yeah, the yeah. Dance written. Yeah. Track. yeah. And, and so that, that we, we hadn't had that in a long time. And, and what, what you guys did by all coming together and singing and supporting one, it wasn't any competition. It wasn't a competition because no one can tell who won. But it was the fact that the the, the music one, yeah. R and B one, and and for us it was it was a pleasure. We only wish Tank continued it. I don't know. He got either he got I don't know what the pressure was too much. But if we were all waiting for him to bring out the next stuff, but yeah. that stuff that I hopefully you guys can give us more of that because it is this what our old generation are able to connect to say actually you know what these guys are pretty good and we didn't really haven't paid them much attention. That's real. <laughs> yeah but anyway yeah so and and we love what you did with the versus stuff you know the teddy and Babyface and, and the bobby brown <laughs> yeah that and, was great uh, that was wonderful said, you know that kind of stuff is what like wow okay you know and as i said it's the oldest uh, i still consider myself old school 90s person i'm like okay this guy's you know he, he knows our stuff yeah he's knowledgeable now and that's what it is i mean yeah. You know, I think we posted a video of Summer Walker. Nobody cared about it because we're like, we don't know who she is. You know, and 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 as I said, generation that I, I, I that I that watch are mainly in their you know, mid forties and stuff, so they're very particular. But what they did enjoy was saying, okay, we don't know most of the people from the Can We Talk Challenge, but we noticed the voice and we noticed yeah. that they can really sing, and and we appreciate that. So. Yeah, as almost says, Kevin, it's been oh. great. It's been an, it's been a pleasure. It's been an educational, and please think about doing a master class in the music industry for new artists. Yeah. I think it I would see do, him doing that. Yeah, because that would do something really <laughs> well. As I said, it's a it's a not a business venture, but it's something that people do need. Because you've spoken a lot about 
not just focus on just, just the music, but other things and getting people in and, and board. So they've all, everyone looks for how to get into the music industry, but here it is, how to be come in and make a living out of it as an independent artist. And that's that kind of masterclass would really do do people well. Not yeah. for free though, but yeah. Before we go though, Kevin, I was curious, what is what is your favorite song to perform? Oh man, it always changes, but right now it's God is a genius. It's God. Oh, okay. Sure. I just right. and yeah. I get surprised. What's every three time. songs you would want the audience to check out if they're like on the fence or they don't know? Like if you were to give your business card, these are the three songs, the one, two, three punch. I know I'm going to get you with these. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get you with these, but at least like, <laughs> no, I, you know, at least, at least you'll gain an honest opinion about who I am and whether I'm for you or not. Right. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, I'd say looking for love for sure. Um, yeah. I would say, I have to say long song away. Um, yes. Ah, and then the then the the third one is that's tough. That's a tough one. That goes between don't go. Uh, yeah, don't go is my jam. I love that. God is a genius. Yeah, it's, withdrawals. It's Throw that in there. Withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> withdrawals. That oh. was. <laughs> oh. No, I love. I just love you. Your that album drive. I don't know if it was intentional, but it's definitely good driving music like i was listening to it i'm like this is perfect for this long you know road trip you know so you know it's just the, you know it all is just a good blend of different you know you have like uh afro beat you got a little um dance hall reggae in there i mean and, and i'm just saying over your your, your yeah. discography um you know jazzy songs love ballads some funky you know groovy songs like you know let it in or um, what's the name of that song let it out uh, it's cool. <laughs> let it out yeah i love that song it's like it's just like a you know cool little groove so yeah. you got a lot for everybody i hope everybody checks out your new album it's been a yeah. pleasure talking to you um i wish you the best <laughs> yeah yeah it is midnight here it's about midnight here in england so i i, I and i've got uh, i've got therapy in the morning because i'm a therapist so yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So I've, got, I've got patients that I have to deal with in the morning. But yeah. <laughs> but it's been great, Kevin. And, and we'll probably try and get back with you later in the year to just to when you've got something else to promote and stuff and and um, really get people more excited about about what you're doing because I think there's gonna be a lot that we can we can learn from from you and stuff. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate you guys. Thank y'all for having me once again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Take care. All right. <laughs> Take care. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe and turn on your notification. But better still, check out our membership where you can get to watch these videos from day one, as well as our monthly meetings when we get to meet up and talk with myself and, and the rest of the people who are members, but also some exclusive interviews, which we don't get I don't get to broadcast. But thanks for watching and hope to see you soon.